What is authenticity in hip-hop? And what are some lessons on making a 100-day writing challenge? That and more today with indie rapper and brewmaster Chill Moody on The Writing Process. Welcome to The Writing Process, the weekly podcast conversation with writing masters. I'm your host, Chris Wink, and today I'm with this guy. I'm Chill Moody. I'm a hip-hop artist. I am the Philadelphia Music Ambassador. Like other underground artists, Chill's next few moves may be his most important. He's not signed with a major label, but has considerable hype. He headlines regional shows throughout his native Philadelphia and has performed with major artists like Raekwon from Wu-Tang and Freeway. In some ways, Chill is a total hip-hop throwback. He's a natural, charismatic MC in the most traditional sense. He's effortless on stage, eager to make all welcome at a party of his own creation. But Chill has also taken a page from many of today's rap icons. He's at least as much a businessman as musician. He started his own music label, he markets a lifestyle brand, and he even launched a co-branded beer with a microbrewery. This week, he's curating a stage of underground artists during the massive Philadelphia July 4th celebration. But for all he does, Chill still defines himself as writer first. Turns out he's an obsessive editor, so he's built a fan base on his lyrics, even while making a livelihood on his smile. His real name is Eric Moody, but he's been known as Chill since childhood. He grew up near 52nd and Lansdowne in Overbrook, an economically depressed wedge of West Philadelphia. So he has the familiar roots of modern hip-hop, growing up in a poor black neighborhood challenged by crime and violence. But his story is different. He has a supportive and loving family. He was no drug dealer. He had no guns. He always took school seriously. In third grade, he won an essay contest. The prize, he met Guy Bluford, a fellow Overbrook native who was the first black American in space. Guy took a printed copy of Chill's essay, Beyond Earth's Atmosphere. Since then, um, I've been skyrocketing. There you go. (laughs) See, he's funny. He can be silly. He sees music as an important platform to get out his message about a world he demands more of. Chill went through scholar programs in middle school and Overbrook High School. He was a bright light at college, cheered on by that big family he adores. It's that family who introduced him to rap music. One of his cousins, Khalil, was also an avid reader and someone Chill deeply admired. There was power that came with knowing things no one else did, Chill told me. So Chill got into reading and then writing. It was a way that he expressed himself all through childhood. If all good writing is finding a corner of your universe no one has explored before, I thought an academic success from Overbrook turned cross-cultural man about town might be worth listening to. This spring, Chill agreed to meet me at 9th and Susquehanna in North Philadelphia. That's the current location of Rec Philly, a collective of creatives that occupies the fourth floor of a nondescript warehouse. We were inside a dark, soundproof recording booth, but given the free spirit of Rec Philly, we still could hear music from a nearby room that was so loud the bass came through. 
For a guy like Chill, that felt perfect. From an hour-long conversation, I want to give my favorite 30 minutes, which includes a few lessons relevant for us all in all our writing. I'm going to start here, when as a teenager, Chill was just starting his rapping career by copying other hip-hop artists. Talking about drugs and guns he didn't actually have. And I was rapping about street stuff. I was selling this and shooting that, and it was a lot of F-bombs and stuff like that. And it's like, that's not me. You know, I'm, I'm from that, you know, I'm, I'm of that, but my story is a little bit different. So I had, it took me a while to find a way that I could tell my, tell that story, but tell it from my viewpoint as opposed to just falling into the masses of, you know, people telling that story. Like, you know, it's, it's a situation where like, you know, at this time me and say Meek Mill are telling the same story, but just from different vantage points. We're telling the story of Philadelphia, telling the story of, you know, growing up in the hood as a black man in Philadelphia, but from different viewpoints, you know, whereas, you know, he might have been the bull on the corner telling me we about to get into something. You should go down a block type situation. You know, I had old heads that was that was doing stuff mm -hmm. like that. So my, my story comes from a different different standpoint, but it's still, like I said, in a sense, the, the same story. And hip hop generally is always about authenticity. Sometimes it pushes into what kind of authenticity you're supposed to have. I wonder if that informs your own uh, writing process. Yeah, I mean, for me, the authenticity came um, sophomore, like up until like freshman year of college. I was rapping about bullshit, you know. And lyric. What do you mean by bullshit? Like I said, I was selling drugs. I was rapping about guns, and you know, but guns that I had that I didn't have, yeah. you know. And my cousins, you know, once again, my family's listening to it, and they're like. Lyrically, it sounds like you know you can rap, but that's not you. You mm. gotta, you have a, you're in school on an academic scholarship. Like, <laughs> fuck out of here. So it's like, <laughs> all right, you're right. And then, um, so in that change is when, you know, like, I had rap names growing up and stuff like that. And with that change, I was like, well, let me just rap as myself. So Chill Moody became, you know, the rap name because that's, I'm, my name's been Chill since I was six months old. Mm. Nobody's ever called me nothing different. Moody's my real last name. So nobody's ever called me anything other than Chill or Moody. If they have, you know, it might have slipped. My mom is mad. Sometimes she'll say Eric. But um, <laughs> other than that, nobody, nobody's really saying that. So when I decided to, you know, be myself in the music, I was like, all right, well, let's be myself all around. So, you know, change the name but didn't really change it because that was my name. Mm. Um, so that's when, you know, I decided to get more authentic with, with what I was saying, what I was writing. Um, and it was easier because now I don't have to think. I don't have to, you know, I just have to live and document what just happened, you know, as opposed to thinking of stories and thinking of metaphors that go with these stories that I just thought up with in my head. Like, nah, I ain't got to do that no more. I can just tell what's going on. And, you know, as long as I'm living, it's always going to be something different. I approach it as a writer, you know, so I can't freestyle. That's 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 not what I'm here to do. That's not, you know, I I enjoy scribbling. I enjoy Xing it out and going over and going back in and having a draft of a song and like I enjoy that because in in, in for all intents and purposes I'm a writer. Right. That's 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 how it started. I'm, a, I'm I like to write. Um so that like the freestyle side of it is like that's that's a talent. That's an innate talent that you you can't teach that. 
you know, some people are born with the innate ability to be able to just think and think in rhyme and syncopation and not miss a beat with it. That's not me. I, but but I can craft something and be proud of what I crafted because I took time on it, took time to write, and that's you know that was part of my release. That's part of the reason I did it. So I, it's it's they can coexist. You know what I mean? I don't I don't claim to be that, and some freestylers can't write. All right. So they coexist. You brought up Black Thought, and he had that caused such an interesting stir when he you know that, that seven minute freestyle that he did ten minute yeah, right yeah flex. I underestimated that seven mm-hmm. minute ten minute and he, he talked about well that was written then committed to memory mm-hmm. but he kind of called a lot of it bullshit when people act as if you're going to do a ten minute um, freestyle completely created and there, so I just I'm interested in that it's the only genre of any that I'm going to interview on that there is this weird tension about does it seem weird you come from you come from a writing interest so for you it it isn't as much i mean no because from from this side no so from the writer side the you know the guys that don't freestyle or whatever i I admire it you know i admire this guy mike stew um from philly um one of the best freestylers i've ever come across he could go around the room and rap about everybody in the room what they got on and not only make sense not only, you know, stay on beat, not only rhyme, but be clever at mm-hmm. the same time. And, like, how? Like, I feel like he's freezing time, going back, writing it, unfreezing time, and saying some dope shit, and then doing it again. Like, he's that good. Um, I've seen guys that are that good um, multiple times. Um, but I don't, I don't, from this side, like I say, I don't see the combative situation with mm. it you know i don't i don't claim to be that they don't claim to be this now if we both sat down and got on the track i'm i'm gonna win every time because like that's that's what i'm here to do like i write what is your writing process today i mean not as much time as i'd like i mean you 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 know me i, I do a lot of different things so i can't just sit in the room like this and write like i used to and that's what i would love to do just i'd fill up books with that all the time um, to the to the extent that I've now had to challenge myself, I do hundred day writing challenges where I gotta write at least sixteen bars every day for a hundred days mm. a year. I gotta do that every year. I buy a new book, I make sure the book has a hundred pages, and I gotta fill them drawings up one day at a time, once a year, just to get that part of me out. But my writing process nowadays, um, I gotta have my my Pentel RSVP fine tip black pen that's, that's and so you are literally writing you're pen to yeah. paper yeah i'm pen to paper I, I i can't i'll i'll voice memo because i'm on to move a lot um i might type in the notes sometimes if i can't voice memo like if i don't want people looking at me weird because i'm <laughs> i might type it in the notes or something like that but it has to be transcribed i have to write it i have to see what it looks like on that paper mm. um before i can recite it and before i can recite it the right way i gotta i gotta i just gotta do that so I'm still still pen to paper with it, but um, my writing process has changed because it's now not like all right, let's sit down, let's go through all of these beats and let's start writing. It's like all right, I got this amount of time. What's priority? What do I have to get done? Let's go through these voice memos. Let's transcribe some of this stuff. Let's see where that fits, and also let's just document what what's what's happened since the last time we got a chance to sit down. We being me in this book, mm. what's happened the last time, and I, I make I make sure. Um, I'm always writing in the same book, you know, when, when that's done, I start a new one, but I got to stay in that same book because I got to, got to look at the pages. I got to see what was the last thing I was writing about. Where was I at? 
all right, now let's write, you know, where we at now in in um relation to, to where we're at. So it it ultimately will serve as a, a journal, as a yeah. um I don't wanna say a will, but um just something that lives on. You can read through these books or all of my rap books, they're dated. You know what time period they were. You know what project I was working on at that time. And when that project's done, I don't write in that book again. That book goes into the safe or into the vault or whatever. Um, so I, I want to make it to when, you know what I mean, it's all said and done and somebody goes through those things, they'll know where I was, what I was actually thinking at that point in time in, in my life. Hundred days in a notebook, sixteen bars. You said so. Essentially, minimum minimum, minimum sixteen. So essentially, a, 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 a traditional day. verse. How much of that is then going somewhere into a song? Has, has anything? That's a good question. You know, um, I got some of the stuff I've never used. Right. Maybe even most. That's a lot of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of it. Most you could have used. I've right? never used. Um, some of it lives in you know building those those 10 minute freestyles mm. you know we'll piece these pieces together and do those radio freestyles um some of it isn't necessarily a verse sometimes i just write i do a lot of free writing um yeah so so some of the stuff just lives right. in that book and it's for that book and i wrote for the purpose of writing and this is obviously as you, you live to well not the cup y'all but yeah. even at even during those hundred days if i'm in a studio and you know we're working on records i don't usually write in a studio but if like I'm, I'm writing for a feature or something like that i won't that's a separate book so i'm writing more than just a verse a day on some days and i won't cheat myself i won't some days i might write a couple verses a day if I know a busy week is coming mm -hmm. up. So it's like, all right, I'm good for these days, but it's all dated. You know, it's all, you know, <laughs> documented. And You're stuff. holding yourself yeah. to that. Gotcha. Um, so that's all. You're not, you haven't heard beats yet, right? That That's just, that's you oh, yeah, writing, as you right. said. Yeah, this is me. So right. say a little bit about, you know, what an album production has been for you. Pair one, if if, if you could draw a line between one of those 100 day challenges and either a song or, or an album or otherwise and what was that like I got a beat and then I I went through a few of my last 100 day challenges and right. that's some of where my writing's coming from is yeah that yeah because um, every every song is approached different for me so a song can spark from a, a hot bar that I thought of that I want to turn into a full song I, and walking coming here just now um, Daru Jones just sent me a couple beats. Daru is um, Jack White's drummer, mm. and he just sent me a bunch of beats. And I'm, I'm lit, or me and um, Don T, Don, me and Don just started a group called Ian Moore. Mm. So we're working on our album, and um, sent us some beats. So I'm in a car, riding to these beats, just mm -hmm. you know, seeing what I see around, seeing what I'm thinking, freestyling. But you know, I can't. So I'm just f grabbing for thoughts, and when I grab them. I'm voice recording them. I can't write them down when I'm in the car, but that's where a lot of the writing takes place now. I like, I'm glad to hear that you're a responsible driver. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> My mom's listening. Um, <laughs> Mom, I'm not. Nah. Uh, but so songs are approached that way. I think of an idea, I'll go there. Um, or, you know, Hank or Wes or, you know, any producers I work with might send me some beats. And, you know, I'm listening to them. I'm like, oh, I know, I know what it fit on here. I'll go back into those 100-day books and I might I might grab, grab out of there. Um, or I might write a song 
and hit somebody up and say, yo, I need a beat that feels like this. Mm. I wrote a song about, you know, boom, 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 whatever it is. Give me something that that feels like that. And then they'll send and you know, we'll see if it matches there. So every every joint is uh, approached um, differently. Every every single song. Mm. Those two songs I've ever written like the exact same way. And then how much might you have to adapt what you've written to fit a given beat or feel? Like how much is, you know what I'm saying? Of course the writing starts in one way. Are you saying the music must fit this perfectly or might you say, well, this bit beat fits this set of lyrics, but yeah, oh, I, I want to craft a, a different... I might have to take yep. a word out. Um, there's, there's been multiple times where I have to do that because I'm, I'm wordy. So we'll record songs multiple times. We'll record them the way I wrote them. And the way I wrote them is, you know, I gotta, I, I'm reading it off the paper, um, and then we'll listen. Um, some songs I'll, I'll go out then and perform them, and you know, these are songs we ain't even released yet. Sometimes the songs we hadn't even recorded yet, it's just songs I wrote to a beat, and now mm. let's go perform it. And then after I perform them, I get the breath control right. I know which words I can take out and still get the same meaning across, because space it needs to be some space in these in the beats like you need i need to give room for the beats to live and i didn't always do that and um it became more of a practice of mine's um a friend of mine who's an amazing writer name is modesty um just was like yo you gotta let the beat breathe a little bit and you know all of my friends have told me a lot of my friends have (laughs) have told me that like yo you you could still get like it was a time where i was trying to explain what i was saying um, as opposed to trusting my audience to know mm. or understand what I was saying or to catch the bar or whatever because, you know, you, you, you feel like, oh, I might be too clever for y'all. Let me explain <laughs> this. And it's like, nah, we ain't, we ain't stupid. We get it. And then if we don't, that's even better because now we got to listen again. It's replay value. So in spacing it out, I'll write it the way it comes out and then we start taking away. We start breaking it down. Then I'll go re-record it. And I also got to re-record it without reading it because it sounds completely different if I'm reading off the paper and rapping it and then if I know it in my head and I'm just reciting it. Some words might get switched around or taken out or um you know, my, my the 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 diction is different, my cadence is different, you know, because 'cause I'm performing it at that point. So it it comes off different than just reciting it. Since changed just by performing it and still evolving, or, or once is something on an album, it's it's pretty mm, set. That's a good question. Um, it's parts of song like a song. It's a song called "Taken Off" um, mm. that I perform different than it sounds on a record, mm. um, just because my breath control is is better. So parts where I had to punch. Um, I won't have to punch on stage. Like I, I got that now. You know, I've done my rapping on the treadmill. That's what what Black Thought taught me. He's like, you know, you oh, got wow. to rap and run. And is that right? Yeah. He said, you, I asked him, you know, how the hell do you do that? Rap and run, treadmill, run these miles, whatever. But you got to be rapping. That's amazing. Running, and that's how you get your breath control right. So 
Um, Taken Off is one f- for sure I can I can I can pinpoint um, that's been released and it sounds different than than the record does. Um, and then some stuff is like, uh, I know it's a, it's a song where I say um, to my team once I'm on uh, what I say uh, I promise once I'm buzzing I'm going buy the beers with the with the mm. the. Uh, the clever part or whatever being like the buzz the beer you know you mm-hmm. on or whatever um, but also like once I get the money once I'm buzzing once I'm popping I promise I'll I'll pick up the tab situation um, that has switched to now I'm on stage I say to my team once I promise once I'm buzzing I'm going brew the beers because you know we brew the beer <laughs> since then so that's something that's different you know little like your little biography like even that. changed yeah. in that time right right so little quirks like that will change but um, even things like and I can't think of a, a direct instant right now but it's it's times where I've pro- I'll proclaim something in a verse and then by the time the song comes out that shit's happened so now I'm speaking. I can't speak at a point like I promise this gonna happen. It's like, yo, look, look what just happened. I told y'all, like, you know. So, it's it's, it's times like that, it changes. Do you that that specific instance of changing that lyric after becoming, you know, brewing a beer mm-hmm. with a, a pretty notable Philadelphia microbrewery? Mm-hmm. D- was it a very conscious decision? Oh, tonight I'm gonna perform it this happened. differently. It happened on stage, like. Once I'm buzzing, I'm going through the beer. And I was like, oh, shit, that was hot. <laughs> so I'm like, I got to do it like that every time now. It just happened. That's what's up. That, that one just happened. And I, I I take that from, um, I saw Kanye do that on Saturday Night Live. He dissed Ray J on Saturday Night Live. Um, and what song was it? Gone. And he said Brandy's brother or something like that. But he didn't say that on a regular, regular song. But when he got on the SNL stage, he was like, this is a platform. I'm going to take that jab right there. I think, yeah, that was that was kind of dope. So I'm like, being able to do that. And, you know, everybody might not get it because sometimes, most times, this is everybody's first time hearing a song. So that's the way they think it is. But the people who know, they know. And it, it was for them. That moment was for them. All right, so the song is called Horns at the Funeral. Uh, I relate it to, um, and not to sound morbid or anything, but it's literally like a last will and testament. It's like, you know, when it's my time to go, make sure there's horns at the funeral. Make mm-hmm. sure y'all playing. Make sure it's a celebration, mm-hmm. is, is in a sense, is what I'm trying to get across. Um, I've been making this song for about a year, year and some change at this point. Um, we've now added a choir to it. Uh, <laughs> choir, like, yeah. yeah but I've I've performed the record a bunch of times at at, at you know concerts or, or everywhere, yeah. everywhere. Yeah. I, I I debuted it at the NFL draft in April. Oh, so that's yeah. So it's almost a year old. Now, right. And that that helps. That helps. Yeah. I wrote it right before the draft. Um, my guy Famey, who now goes by Lester London, um, he produced the track. I wrote it in the shower. I do a lot of writing in the shower, like. I, I get my. I what is it? What does that mean? Writing in the shower. I'm gonna tell you. I got yeah. a, a Bose speaker, waterproof joint, um, and I'll I'll lay the beats out. I'll put whatever beats I'm working on on a playlist. Get in the shower, and you know the acoustics are right. <laughs> freestyling. 
I got a connection with water, you know, whatever that is. And um, <laughs> like it rains every time I do anything. I'm a Pisces. It's just a lot of like water's always around me. Um, and then I'll jump out of the shower and I'll just write down what I said real quick in there. I'll come up with like a whole verse um, and I'm able to to keep it and then go back and add to it and add to it. And then when I get out, I just, you know, voice record it or write it, you know, whatever, whatever. So I wrote this song in the shower, Horns at the Funeral, um, recorded it. It was cool. Re-recorded the second verse, like rewrote the second verse completely. Um, but the song, it starts like, um, you know, it says, I say, you know my story, right? Rise the fame from the pain to glory, right? You heard from a source, he rips all the mics. My name's in all sort of lights. So it's like a, a one-on-one, like, if this is your first time hearing me or you've heard of me before, you probably already know these things. Um, so I say, well, you're sort of right. But you don't know about the daily, you just know about my daily obsession. I take a step inside the booth, I make a daily confession. But you don't know about the daily depression, the doubt that comes with it. You just hear it and swear that I'm having fun with it. So it's like personal, you know, it's, it's one of my most personal records. From that, I said, well, this should be a whole project. So that's what's really taking a record so long to come out because now Horns at the Funeral isn't just a song, it's a project. And the whole project is about that, that the personal stories, the stuff that I've yet to really put out. I ain't worrying about, you know, radio records or, you know, making somebody dance in a club. I just want you to learn me and I want, if anything, you say, all right, what's the chill record I should hear? Because I, I've, I I ran into the problem where if you and three other people introduce me to somebody, y'all are all going to introduce me a different way. Mm. This is chill. He's a brewer. This is chill. He's the Philly music ambassador. Oh, this is chill. He's a dope MC. All right, but we need one defining what is chill. So this would be that project in, in, in a sense. So that's why it's taking so long to make. Um, but in performing a song, I see what people react to. I see what parts we need to emphasize. Um, if we need to drop out the beat on this part or whatever, whatever. If I need to rewrite this part because they're not really catching what I'm trying to say. Like, I'm gauging when I'm on a stage because, like, I know the words. So I ain't got to think of the words. I already mm -hmm. know the words. So I'm literally, it's like a case study when I'm rapping. I'm watching people and observing observing and taking notes, mental notes. Um, even to the point where I walk up to someone after. I say, yo, you was feeling that bar. Like, I seen you. It's like, yeah, yeah, we saw you when you said I said, I saw you. I feed off that energy. I needed that. I, now I know what I was right when I said that. Um, but, yeah, I've been writing that song for a year. And it's, I think it's at its, you know, it's complete. I'm not going to keep tweaking it. And um, I probably record it over just because the take that we have that everybody, you know, my friends have heard is I was still reading. So I'll, I'll record it over. So I can just recite it and, you know, um, or perform it, should I say. And um, and then a project will be done soon. The rest of it around it is pretty much done. That's exciting. We're excited for it. Yeah. Do you have a an, another line from it that you remember or have a memory of actually changing? Or, or are there any, can you pinpoint a moment or walk us through, if you have any memory of writing, performing, changing because of a yeah. response? So the second verse came in. Um, regular, you know, it just came in how to, you know, the beat didn't change or anything. And one day when we were performing it, my drummer, um, or no, my DJ actually like put a filter when the second verse was coming in. So it like, it revved up a little bit. So the second verse starts, um, like I start, like I was forgetting what I was going to say. So it starts like on the downbeat 
Like, I don't come in on a one. So it's like, uh, uh Kobe skipping verses. Like, that's how I, I started off. Because, like, I want I want to paint that picture. Like, I was so engulfed in this that I damn near forgot this verse. And that actually happened. And that's why I had to rewrite the second verse. And that's how I had. So Kobe skipping verses. skipping verses. I play it cool. Play it I'm, cool. Chill, I'm chill. But I be but just, just nervous. nervous. Only, the only reason it's seeming that it, all that's written's working because I'm, I'm spitting for a different, for a different purpose. purpose. You heard it. You heard say it. what you will. And then when I say you heard it, the beat revs back up and all of that. So, um, so yeah, that's like those things more than anything is what I want people to understand about me. You know, so that's why that song is is that important. Hmm. Last question: Anything you know now that you wish you knew earlier in the writing process? Yeah, I wish I didn't take as like I, I do it now. But I wish earlier on I took more time to live and less time to write, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Cause I would like force it. So I'm I'm like, that was a hobby. You know, I'm I'm just gonna write, I'm writing, I'm writing, I'm writing. It's like, nah, like some of my best writing has come from the fact that I'm just living my life. And now it's like, all right, let me let me just document what just happened. You know, now we're talking about better things as opposed to like just trying to talk rap as clever as possible because when you're just sitting and writing and you ain't you know lived enough or have enough experiences you're rapping about rapping you know my bars is blah 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 i can blah, blah, blah. i said blah. you're rapping about rapping as opposed to like you know telling your story in a clever manner in a in a manner that connects you know what i mean so i wish earlier on um i would have took more time just to live and let the writing you know what i mean come right that's a point worth underlining and as good a point as any to end this episode of the writing process a conversation with writing masters as always look for the writing process on itunes and all the many places podcasts appear and subscribe if you like this episode please rate and review us on any podcast platform of choice it really helps you'll also be able to find all the episodes as i post them at writingprocesspod.com Thank you to my guest, Chill Moody. Find him at chillmoody.com, where you can find links to his upcoming shows and various projects. Follow him on Instagram at chillmoody, and check out the hashtag chills100daychallenge to join in. Today's intro music was a previously unreleased song from Chill called Horns at the Funeral. Also, thanks to Rec Philly for hosting us for our interview. That includes founders Dave Silver and Will Toms and head of artist relations Tim Montgomery, who tried mercifully to contain the musical passion of nearby Rec Philly members. Follow them at Rec Philly on the usual social web platforms. I'm your host, Christopher Wink. Find me at Christopher Wink or sipping summertime ready mint julep cocktails. I'll catch you next time to help you choose your words more carefully. Just know about the daily obsession To take a step inside the booth And make a daily confession But you don't know about the daily depression And doubt that comes with it You just hear it and swear that I'm having fun with it But you don't know about being that one ticket Everyone's hitting Telling you to come with it Or just be done with it Tunnel vision But you don't know what I go through Keep it real You only know what I show you Remember back in Osu Asked me where my life was headed Couldn't have told you But now I might recite these lyrics At the O2 The garden get a show too Man, I swear
swear the 80 point theory so true I figure we gon' change that Take whatever spots that we're giving I'll rearrange that Make it so the spots that we're living I'll park a range at I'll always be the same cat Vowed to always be the same cat